1: A couple of armchair GMs who have yet to be wrong with any of their Timberwolves takes. <laughs> right. It's Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Teige.
0: Segment alert here as we uh, kick off your Monday with some Timberwolves discussion, Kyle. The segment is called You've Been Clamped, starring Jaden <laughs> McDaniels. Come on down, Steph Curry, The latest, uh, the latest clamping last night. Trey Young last week, Julius Randle. Who's next? Who wants the clamps? I think I think we need some shirts. Who wants the clamps after the the latest, biggest win of the season for the Minnesota Timberwolves last night in Golden State?
1: I was actually impressed that the Wolves could win that game without Jade McDaniels because uh, he basically didn't play. Like nine minutes, right? Yeah, that was. And he got a stupid technical with, you know, a minute ago. I think anytime, you know, Jaden has, we've discussed this for six months, that he has a tough whistle. Um, and anytime he gets an offensive foul, it's like three fouls. Just because you know he's going to pick up four. I mean, he has to guard the best player. Every, you just said yeah. it every night. So you're going to get, you know, a tough whistle no matter what. But uh, anytime he picks up an offensive one, it's like, dude, you can't do that. So, yeah, he played all of 10 minutes last night. But then again, to your point, that last kind of possession, yeah. Um, I tweeted it out too, but like people were like, you got to give Mike Conley his credit. He played great on ball defense in Jordan Poole, and he did. But that play wasn't designed for Jordan Poole. That play was designed to get the ball to Steph. And like he did against the Mavericks, Jaden's just like, you're just not going to get the ball. Like good defenders in the NBA make stars take tough shots at end of game situations. Elite defenders just don't even let you have the ball, and Jaden's an elite defender. He's just like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to let Steph get the ball. So, uh, Mike Conley was amped. I don't know if you if you watched that replay where they throw it out of bounds with like I don't know six seconds left. Mike Conley drops a massive f bomb as he's going back to the bench. So even the nicest guys in the world can swear and still be cool, uh, which is good news for you and I. But uh, impressive defense. Uh, They held the Warriors at home to under 100 points, I think for the first time all season. It was. Yep. So I think you might have had that. So that's a that's a pretty impressive stat for a team that is continuously figuring it out and continuously playing defense that we really haven't seen in a long, long time, maybe ever.
0: So besides uh, the obvious, you you are the number one Jaden McDaniels stan, <laughs> I think, among Wolves Twitter and, and
1: whatnot. What was your favorite part about that win last night? Well, I mean, first of all, I didn't even really know that they played because uh, about a week ago in the YouTube comments, everyone said the season was over. So I had actually forgotten that they played.
0: Kyle lashing out. I love it. Um, Lashing out.
1: (laughs) But uh, I mean, the the best part for me was, again, I have watched, as have so many people listening to this, you included years and years and years of the Timberwolves, just like showing up to a fight, like a boxing match, Mm -hmm. and being everything about it. The color of the ropes, the lighting in the arena, everything was dictated by the other team. And last night, they just walked into what is new Oracle or the chase center against the defending champs who were without Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. I understand that, but uh, they just dictated everything. They literally brought, you know, their, their bully ball and just were like, we're going to dictate the pace. We're going to dictate the defense. Um, So for them to do that was impressive. And then also Carl Anthony towns has been back for two games and in both games has hit game winning baskets. So uh, a tough, Tough, tough couple of games for the haters on that path. But, uh, I mean, there was just a complete game. And I had to listen to the Warriors broadcast because it was on NBA TV. And out here, like, the Wolves' league pass was blacked out. So that was a tough pill for me to swallow um, because the Warriors broadcast is borderline horrendous. Um, but they were just like, oh, this is the Wolves' A game. And then you look at the Wolves' box score, and no one outside of Nas scored, like, over 15 points. Ant was bad. Jane didn't play. And they still won. Yeah. So that's, I mean, again, that's, Wait, so you're saying the Warriors broadcast that it was the Wolves A game? Yeah, there's probably about no, a it dozen? Wasn't. There's about a dozen people on the West Coast listening to this right now, and they all heard the same thing. Like midway through the first half, they described it as this is the Wolves A plus plus performance. No, it's not. And then I think Jace Frederick <laughs> tweeted out at half that the ant and Carl were combined like four for eighteen. <laughs> and Jaden yes. had played four minutes. So uh you know the Warriors still the Warriors have kind of figured it out and are for the most part kind of humming a little bit. I mean, obviously not last night, but other than without Wiggins, I mean, they, they went at Steph, they went at Clay, they went at Draymond. Um, and again, for the, that final second play where Carl hits another three, just that's what this team has been missing. They just need other guys that can fill it up. Um, but again, they, they, they win a game playing defense. And you've been on this, I think, a lot earlier than others. They have an identity. They're a defensive team. Defense travels. You can play defense every night. You might just not make shots on a Tuesday, but you can play good defense. Yes. And that's what they did last night. Okay,
0: I'm just why wow, I I can't believe the Warriors. Bro- I get it. Like every broadcast they're, tends to have some former tendencies. Although Jim Pete's been like getting on some of these Wolves players. He got on Rudy last best. night. Yeah, he's the best. He got on Cat for for a dumb foul at one point. Uh, he got on Jaden for the the technical. So uh, Jim Pete's on his A game. But uh, if you watched that game last night and said, okay, Jay McDaniels got into foul trouble, played 10 minutes. Carl Anthony Towns, even though he played 32 minutes, still very much on limited minutes and not his full version. Anthony Edwards even admitted after the game, he's like, I'm missing, what was it, two weeks or whatever it was, week and a half. I'm out of shape. I feel, I just, I didn't have (laughs) my legs under me. I was tired. He was like, There's a few possessions where if you didn't know anybody, you'd think, is he just like pouting and taking the possession off? No, he's tired. He's like, got his... He's like grabbing Jersey at his sides because he's – and maybe part of that's – you know, he just – he had a bad ankle. He couldn't do cardio for mm-hmm. for like a week and a half or two weeks. But that was nowhere near the Wolves. There were some A-game things like Nas Reed playing really well and, and uh, Kyle Anderson. But those things have been normal staples for, for the entire year. Just back to your point, which I love about the Wolves dictating the terms of the fight. I feel like the conversation going all the way back to the Rudy Gobert trade back in July has been, boy, when, when you make this trade, you're not going to be able to put two big guys on the court at the same time because small ball lineups are going to dictate to you when they go five wide, you're not going to be able to cover all that space. So what happens to your you know, twin towers concept when the opposing team dictates small ball? Last night... The Wolves said, not only are we going to put Towns and Gobert on the court in the starting lineup and however many minutes they play together, we're going to give you like 25 minutes of Nas Reed as well. Not just isolated with four small guys, but Nas Reed with Cat, Nas Reed with Gobert, right? The Wolves put Nas Reed out there for 21 minutes, Towns 32, Gobert 34, so a combined... 64, uh, almost 90 minutes combined between their three tallest players. And then other lineups where they had like Jade McDaniels and Kyle Anderson. They, I think there were some times where Anderson was the point guard, for instance, and they just went super big. They dictated to the Warriors and said, all right, there's going to be times when we have this, you know, the combinations of big lineups out there where you're going to get open looks because we can't cover the space. We're going to live with that because we're going to out-rebound you by 12 and you're only going to get 28 points in the paint instead of the 50 you were getting in the previous matchups with the Timberwolves. And so I kind of love that they just went in and said, screw it, we're going, to, we're going to leverage and lean into our size in this game and not be afraid of you running around screens. We'll figure it out. And it worked last night. It worked probably better than any other team's approach against the Warriors all year in that arena because it's the first time, like you said, that they've been held under 100 points.
1: I'm... I'm stealing this from off my chest pass on Twitter, uh, Chloe. But I thought this was a really, this is taking the defensive part and the identity thing you said and then adding in the Carl layer. But it's a perfect tweet. And it's, I'm just so mad that I didn't have this myself. Having Carl and the Towns back feels like a bulletproof vest for the team. We're getting shot and a kill shot still exists, but we can last so much longer in these rough games or survive even when Jaden and Ant are having rough nights. That's kind of it. Like That's the whole beauty of adding a top 15, top 25 player to this whole thing is that you just have more protection of... Ant was bad last night. I don't think Anthony Edwards, even at 21 yet, knows. One of his bugaboos, and this isn't a criticism because I have the same bugaboo as a very soft human being at 34. He just doesn't know how to like handle injuries. <laughs> He's just very tentative. And like you said, it looked like he was disengaged. I don't think that was it. I think he just doesn't really trust his ankle yet and then somehow some way anthony edwards at 21 gets out of shape faster than anyone else i know by taking two days off from cardio yeah it is weird yeah. but uh i mean you had 14 points last night from your combined aunt and Jaden, and it didn't matter because you just had so many other guys including carl that could just make plays play defense and going back to kind of the body armor thing like this team still has kill shots that they're giving up. Like, there's still weaknesses in this roster and this rotation and all of this that, like, if you, you know, press all the right buttons, you're going to beat this team. This team is not—as fun as this has been, they're not favorites to win the West or to yeah. win the title. Yeah. But they just have more and more protection against, like—even last night, there was a—I think it was in the third, but Carl just got isolated on Steph. um, And it reminded me of when Kevin Love got isolated on Steph in the finals. But Carl just held his own and was like, I'm gonna force you off the three point line. This was kind of their motto last night. It's like, we're gonna force you off the three point line, get into the mid range. If you kill us in the mid-range, that's that, that that's fine. That's our that's our kill shot. Like make Jordan Poole, make Clay, make Steph take, you know, twenty footers instead of a more comfortable twenty seven footer, twenty-eight footer. Yes. So it was just again, it was that was the coolest thing for me. I actually felt I was texting a couple people last night, like I didn't even feel that like excited about the win. It was more a sense of like pride it, like You built this roster that has been criticized a lot by us as well and still has holes. But you went in there and it's like Nas Reed said last week, you can just play big, but that doesn't mean anything. You actually have to exert your your bigness, right? Like size matters. And they out-rebounded a good Warriors team last night, 49 to 37. You never see the Wolves out-rebound a team that much. And it kind of directly led to winning the game. So I think they had nine offensive rebounds, four of those were Rudy. Rudy Gobert last night was awesome. Like, I don't care, yes, he had 10 and 18, but he just had so many Mackies again where it's like, oh, they get into the middle, oh, nope, we're not even going to try to contest him. We're just going to kick it back out. So, an impressive, impressive string of games now where it's like, okay, Carl's not killing them defensively, and offensively, he's hitting big shots, and it's pick your poison now, right? Like, yeah. Ant sucked, okay, Carl hits a game winner. Tonight, against the Kings, If we don't know yet, I guess, if Carl and Ant will play, but um, if Carl's bad, maybe they get 30 from Ant, so... If nothing else, Phil, we were right that this is the most talented roster in 34 years. Now, they might not get as far as the 2003-2004 Wolves or whatever that was led to the Western Conference Finals, but this team is so deep that it's like your two best young players didn't perform, but Nas Reed had 23. Yeah, Kyle I, Anderson had 12, 10, 7, 5, and 1. Like, that's that's <laughs> yes. insane.
0: Kyle Anderson's like a, just a weird stat stuffer. Every night he's kind of flirting with a triple-double. He got four he had five steals. Like he had four steals in the last ten or twelve minutes of the game last night, including the game-winning steal that led to the Carl Anthony Towns pull-up three. And and put a pin in the cat thing, because I want to come back to yep. just a deeper cat conversation. But I saw I saw Bill Simmons tweet this after the game was over last <laughs> night. And I feel like he kind of speaks for the the national anti-Timberwolves crowd, right? He's like yep. the lead megaphone, and is kind of right there at times and and I, lo- I actually love consuming uh, both those guys. I th- I think they have entertaining shows, but they just, like... Maybe some of it's Bill Simmons legitimately wanted the GM job 12 years ago when <laughs> David Kahn got it. He yeah. was like, you literally hired David Kahn? Like, I could have done a better job. But he tweeted, just a horrendous Dubs loss. They're like the opposite of Michael Corleone in Godfather 3. Every time I'm in, they pull me back out. And I think what's happening here is, yes, like... I guess it was a bad Dubs loss in that... They've only lost seven home games all year. Mm-hmm. The Wolves uh, yeah. are not this well-oiled machine. But his tweet kind of reads like, you can't possibly lose to that team, right? That was kind of the, the, the tone of, that's how I interpreted the tweet. And I think what you have here is a lot of people formed opinions about this team when the trade was made. You trade for Gobert. Oh, my God, that's one of the biggest overpays, one of the dumbest trades in NBA history. Therefore, everything that happens going forward means they're incompetent boobs who are going to get smoked in games like this against Golden State. And if you didn't form that opinion last July, you certainly formed it when they got beat on New Year's Eve by the Pistons, right? And they fell like multiple games below 500. You either wrote this team off in July or you wrote this team off in December, January or any number of times where they've lost, like, three games in a row, you know, a bad home loss to the Wizards or something, and you've made no room for the fact that they actually have a lot of talent and they're just trying to get this thing to gel together, and when it does, they can literally beat any team in the NBA. So there's just, like, for you to think that that was a horrendous Dubs loss means that you're just sort of out of touch with the pieces that are in place here, right? Which, again, not to pick on Bill Simmons, but... He literally didn't know who Jaden McDaniels was in July, right? And now you're watching Jaden McDaniels clamp Trey Young, Julius Randle, and Steph Curry from even getting shots off or even touching the ball. And now you kind of know, oh, there are some guys on this team that maybe aren't household names that are huge reasons for why the Wolves win games like they did last night. End rant, sorry.
1: Nope, you brought it up. I've been waiting on this one for a little bit. So uh, Wolves obviously had a couple of days off over the weekend. Uh, it was beautiful to just watch. Um... I know we're gonna, we have to do the standings update again soon. But uh, every other team that the Wolves kind of needed to lose lost, as the Wolves were stringing together these wins. Dude,
0: the Mavericks got smoked by the Hornets yesterday.
1: Yeah, that's also Patrick Beverly did the too small the to LeBron, James, LeBron a James highlight of maybe my entire life. <laughs> but uh, so, so I was binging. I needed something to watch over the weekend because there wasn't Wolves basketball. Um, have you watched Clarkson's Farm on Amazon Prime? Are you familiar no. with that? So there might be four people listening to this. And if not, this is going to go terrible. But uh, it's long story short. It's on Amazon Prime, and it's about I think it's a famous journalist who basically like wants to become a farmer. He is like just going to become a farmer, and it takes you through his whole process. And he's never farmed before. Um, and it goes through like the whole setup. And he has this land, and he gets these animals, and he gets this equipment. Blah 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 blah. And the reason I bring that up in this Timberwolves conversation is because. He goes into this with like these massive expectations, like year one, I'm a farmer, here's my spreadsheets, here's how much I'm gonna make, 10,000 tons of potatoes, blah, 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 blah. And then they get in, I think it's in the UK, they get the most rain they've ever gotten in 100 years. Um, and that affects his ability to farm. Uh, I'm, there's some farmers listening to this, I don't wanna get too detailed, I'll sound like an idiot, but basically it's like, I went into this with these expectations, I'm gonna be a farmer and I'm gonna make all this money, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna sell these sheep and I'm gonna have these chickens. And then the rain prevented him from, like, half of his fields getting planted. And it kind of reminded me of the Timberwolves, right? Because it's like, everyone just is like, oh, I remember we talked about them in July. They made the Rudy Gobert trade. They don't even have 50 wins. They suck. And it's like, okay, but their best player, according to everyone else, because he was voted third-team All-NBA last year, missed 52 games. And when we see, like, yeah, you know, the Clippers, but yeah, they've been without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, or this team they've been out with, Steph missed a bunch of games. It's just not the same energy when it comes to the Wolves. And it's like now, of course, it's very Minnesota Timberwolves that we're seeing the best version of this for all of, I guess, eight games. But you're starting to see like, oh, OK, maybe this roster does make a little more sense. And maybe as, despite Carl essentially losing one of his legs, according to him, for three or four months, um, it might have been the best thing that happened to them. Because Kyle Anderson figured out a new role. Yes. He figured out what point mean. I don't you want to take this one like they figured out that there's a point guard problem. Um, no offense to D'Angelo Russell, but the Mike Conley thing just fits way better. Well, that dude is phenomenal. On so defense.
0: actually, let's real quick, quick Mike Conley side street. Yeah, a th- couple things off take last night's game. A couple things off last night's game. First of all, he uh, he knocked down four three pointers in the first quarter just to like spark everything. Yep. Right. And then that, that was kind of his offensive contribution for the game and the game flowed in a different direction. But he's now shooting, I believe, 43 percent from downtown since joining the Wolves. He has effectively replaced D'Angelo Russell's three-point shooting, which was a huge concern because Delo was having a career shooting season, right? But the other thing he does is he does not he doesn't need 15, 18, 20 shots to get his game going. He doesn't need to probe and dribble for a half hour every possession to get in the flow of things, right? So he can come in here. He can knock down some threes as needed. But he can also just like not shoot for the entire second half and focus on getting through screens and playing defense, which he's better at than D'Angelo Russell. He can play clamps defense on a possession on uh, Jordan Poole, right? Like, and I think, you know, when when Conley is not shooting in the second half because he's not like a shoot first point guard, it opens up for other guys who are hot that night. It just creates more flexibility. You're going to go into a game. Cat needs some shots. Ant needs some shots. And before it was, and needs some shots. And then if there's some leftovers, somebody else can grab them, right? Now it's, okay, Cat needs some shots. Ant needs some shots. And any given night, there's like six other dudes. One of them might, might get hot. So last night, Nas Reed needs 17 shots. Yep. I might be wrong, but can you find a game where Towns, Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell combine to play 100 minutes? And a fourth guy took 17 shots, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's probably not a common occurrence. So, I just, I love that, like, the third guy can be sort of, unless unless you have three legitimate rock star scorers, I don't want three guys who need shots if the third guy is just a D'Angelo Russell type player. So, that's, I guess, that's how I'm reconciling. Like, is D'Angelo a better, more talented player at this stage than Mike Conley? Probably, yes. But this is illustrating. Last night, great example, right? Like, the Warriors' entire offense is just Draymond Green doing like dribble handoffs and setting <laughs> screens, and then and then Clay coming off a curl and Steph coming off like and and usually like they get daylight off those screens and hit wide open threes. And last night, it's not going to happen every time because the Warriors are going to still be the Warriors and get their shots up. But like Jade McDaniels and Mike Conley are great at fighting through screens and staying on getting a hand in the face. D'Angelo Russell was easy to sort of swallow up, like not the most quick, nimble defender. So I don't know, like have they exploded since the trade? Not necessarily, but I just like the more I see, man, I love the Mike Conley fit. And last night was another example.
1: And again, you and I are not necessarily being even that critical of D'Angelo Russell because, again, he's still probably a better shooter, better, better playmaker, all that stuff younger. Um, But when the Wolves lose three games in a row, everyone tells me the season's over and they suck because they're playing the results. So if we're gonna keep that same energy, D'Angelo Russell's not playing and has a history of taking a little longer on injuries. You know, this hamstring thing, hamstrings are a tough one, but he hasn't been able to be there for the Lakers. Yeah. And Mike Conley had that ankle sprain against the Knicks and stayed in the game. Uh, hopefully was tested for a concussion last night. I don't remember that screen. He got absolutely nuked yeah. on this screen where he fell down. And then the the Warriors kind of went on a run. He was, like, shaking out the cobwebs, and then he did this thing again where it's like, okay, my team's kind of falling apart. Give me the ball. I have to get to the free throw line. The Warriors broadcast even mentioned it. Like, wow, what what a nice thing for this young team to have this veteran point guard that's like, okay, the, the crowd's getting a little loud here. Let me slow things down by just getting to the foul line. So he's been great. Kyle Anderson talked about it last night, too, that uh, he, Mike's, like, the fastest guy on the team, which I don't think can be accurate at 35, but yeah. he sprints through those screens. And then uh, we should probably say this now, but congratulations to Chris Finch. I think it was his 100th win last night. It was. And the yes. Wolves posted a video after the game um, congratulating Finch and giving him the game ball. But right before they did that, Finch made this comment about, um, nothing we do individually now will adjust our stat line. And I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it, but obviously, I said earlier last week, Mike Conley was on Rossillo's podcast. And Mike Conley said the same damn thing, but he was like, I'm just trying to teach the guys right now that this late in the season, you can have a big night, you know, scoring, rebounding, whatever. It's not going to affect your averages. Correct. We're too deep into the large sample size for once. It's like, yes. it's all about team. No individual performance matters. Like, let's just do what's best for the team. And Finch was kind of echoing that last night. And then to put this all encapsulated uh, Finch post game presser, I think this was in John Krasinski's athletic piece today. Finch went out of his way to just say a comment that I don't even know if it was directed by a question, but he was like, "Yeah, we no longer have to hide anyone on defense." Interesting. He's been waiting to drop that one for a while.
0: So, and I'm I'm oversimplifying this, but you got Mike Conley, adult adult in the room point guard with yep. dozens of playoff games under his belt, right? Like yep. fighting in these Western Conference playoffs for twelve, fifteen years, whatever it's been. He's going on podcasts talking about how you have to devote yourself to the team and nothing individual matters, all this stuff. And then, you know, a few weeks ago you had reports that D'Lo was openly mocking and making fun of his teammates, Rudy Mm -hmm. Gobert, in the locker room and behind the scenes, creating a toxic environment. You know, again, that's probably an oversimplification. It's not that D'Lo wasn't ever a good teammate or didn't provide value. I'm not saying that but that dynamic does matter and we'll see like at this point the wolves are still basically the same team record-wise a game above 500 or 500 mm-hmm. as they were for the trade but um the the adult in the room presence is apparent and i'm curious to see if it manifests in in even more wins on the town's front to go back to that and then we'll do okay. a, we'll do our western conference playoff picture update i said this to you i think after the hawks game and I say it again after watching his second game back from injury. I don't see him getting... There was a couple little like, you know, palms up, you know, ref calls, but not a whole lot. He wasn't pouting or stomping around. And even again, he hits the big shot at the end of the game, just like he did with the free throws against the Hawks. And they immediately pull him from the game because they don't want him on the court defensively with Gobert. And he's just like yucking it up and having a great time. This is a more joyful version of Towns the Basketball Player. I hope it continues. If he can just be this joyful unicorn who's not getting wrapped up in emotions and drama and woe is me, there's another level to his game that hasn't been unlocked yet. And there's another level to this team. But it it all depends on him playing with that sort of joyful, free of mindedness and having a higher level of emotional intelligence.
1: That <clears throat> that three he hit in transition after Kyle got the steal, uh, like that. No other way to say it. That was cold blooded, um, because Kyle gets that steal and he dribbles down, but you know Kyle's not going to go to the rim, especially because Draymond's with him still. Yeah. Um, I also just we need to do like six podcasts on the last minute of the game in general because I think the Wolves were trying to foul. Mike Conley was like, which they shouldn't have been. I was right. yelling,
0: "Don't foul!" You got four second difference. Do not foul. Do not foul. They were they were trying to foul. <laughs> For all the
1: times we criticize late game execution, it's like the Wolves last night might have gotten lucky because it seemed like Mike Conley was trying to foul, even though, to your point, like they shouldn't have. There was a four second differential. They had a timeout. They had left. Timeout. But um, again, like Carl, just there's not a lot of guys on this roster that can just step into a three like that, cold blooded, and then you know. He said a lot of stuff about that injury and things he learned. And I know everyone likes to scoff. Or a lot of people like to scoff at what Carl says. But maybe he may, – devil's advocate being naive, maybe he just did learn. Like Maybe he's like, I miss this game so much. I just want to like – there's some NBA players that hit that three and then refuse to not be on the defensive possession the next thing. Yeah. Like, so I know what you're saying, and, I, and you're not criticizing at all. It's just he was totally cool being like, okay, I'll, I'll hit the three on offense, and I'm totally happy subbing out so yep. we can get a better defender in there. And it's like, if all the stuff we were worried about adding Carl back in doesn't happen, like, I don't know, man. That's kind of scary. I was looking at, uh, if I can just, John, I think it's John Schumann. He does power rankings on NBA.com, and he uh he had the Wolves up to 14th this week. But where was it? He was talking about the Wolves have now two wins against each of the top three teams in the West and have a chance for a second against obviously the fourth place Suns on on Wednesday. Yeah. But this kind of goes back to what you kicked off a couple weeks ago that's like if this just all clicks and all the pessimism doesn't happen. So really tough team. It's well, a really, really tough so, out.
0: To your point, what what were the things cuz you know, there was some some consternation and I I I felt it myself too that boy you're going to plop Carl Anthony Towns back into this thing and you could either be plopping in this all-world talent and it and it goes to a new level, or you, or the like, the bad stuff that kind of permeates in the stuff that you saw in three of those playoff games last year. Um, that stuff could like throw off the dynamic, and so I guess we'll just have to wait and see. What 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 are the things about him that you were the most nervous about incorporating? Like we know the great, like okay, if he comes in and he shoots threes and he's a twenty five and twelve guy, like we know the positives. For me, it was. It all goes back to like I keep saying emotional intelligence. It's the ability to calm your mind when bad things are happening on a basketball court. Sometimes he just loses all control of that. And he just barrels in with offensive fouls, or he, you know, he'll take a swipe at someone in the backcourt for no reason and get, and get a dumb foul. And there's been a couple of those things. But and then it's the reaction to that, or or the game gets too emotional, and then he gets super emotional. And instead of thinking about the best play, he's just like trying to get a shot off, uh, you know, out of spite or something. Those things don't seem to be prevalent. And like you said, if the, if the things we were sort of afraid of are not going to be there, if it's just going to be the best things about Carl Anthony Towns, it's, it's kind of a blank canvas of what they could do here against some of these Western Conference playoff teams, right?
1: I'm, I'm building on what you just said and stealing this again from NBA.com, but the Wolves have won these last two games by a total of four points. These two games that carl's played they've won them by a total of four points but they were a plus 20 in towns's 58 total minutes so again they plopped in this all nba center yeah. and they're just really good when he's playing um so yeah i mean I, y- you have it's again small sample size if you want to push against this like they've only had two games he's only played what 58 total minutes but in those 58 minutes he's like you said not complaining he's not doing kickouts right he's not trey young He's not Luka Doncic. He's not doing all that extra stuff that it's just like kind of deteriorates his brand. He's just playing really good basketball, um, making his free throws. I mean, this is probably oversimplify this, but like the fact that he hit those two free throws against the Hawks should be like banner worthy because this team sucks at free throws. Like they, they leave so much meat on the bone at the free throw line, but he was like, give me the ball. I want to make them. And then last night he hits that three. So yeah, I don't know if last night was the sequel uh to wednesday's movie uh the sequel is rarely better than the original but last night was better than the original and you just have so many options now that again this team has ways that you can crack the code but for the first time phil in the long as i can remember they have an identity they they're dictating you know the terms of the agreement and it's just a ton of fun to watch right now especially when you're not even still fully healthy or fully right like not everything's clicking and you're holding, you know, the defending champs under 100 for the first time all year. Yeah. He's like a mentally sharper version of himself. It's almost oh. like
0: they took Carl Anthony Towns and sent him to mydollknives.com <laughs> and out came this professionally sharpened, you know, mentally strong version of himself. So, that's right. My name is Phil and I have recently suffered from dull knives. The embarrassment <laughs> of walking around Back in the Twin Cities here, people, uh, hey, there's that Mackie guy with his dull knives squishing his tomatoes, unable to cut a carrot in half. What a loser that guy is. Um, you know, Not only is it embarrassing to have dull knives, but it just uh, decreases your confidence in the kitchen. And that's why I'm thrilled to have discovered MyDullKnives.com, where the fine folks at Vivrant will send you a safe and professional mail kit. You can send your dull knives on a vacation, a little spring break, if you will, and Vivrant will mail them back to you all within just a few days, freshly sharpened. If you're in the Twin Cities, you can also stop into their store in YZ, drop your knives off. You could also get professional classes to help raise your game in the kitchen and check out some of their Japanese knife collections as well. MyDollKnives.com. That's MyDollKnives.com. It's Mackie here, and a shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples, even. So I am an allergy sufferer, and it's, uh, it's rough sometimes with stuffy, runny nose. For me, it can be like dry, scratchy eyes, throat, even just feeling tired. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin-D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin-D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief. Just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D or ask for Claritin D at your pharmacy counter. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. That's Claritin.com. Use as directed. It's time. Let's do it. For the Western Conference Playoff Picture Update. On Flagger and Howls. Dude, it is crazy. And I get... Sometimes what you and I will do is, like, if they have a back-to-back on a Sunday-Monday, we might push the early-week podcast to a Tuesday. And we're like, that was a huge win, so we got to jump on here on a Monday. So they're going to play... Sometimes... You guys might be listening to this on Tuesday, and they've already played the Kings. Uh, we're recording this before the Kings game. But um, as things stand right now on this Monday, here's how bonkers the Western Conference playoff picture is. We have four games separating the four seed Suns and the 12 seed jazz. The Timberwolves are right in the middle as the seven seed right now, a half game back of the warriors for the six, which would put them above the play in line, but just a half game above the Pelicans for the eight right now. So uh, to put it into further context, the wolves are a game and a half out of the four seed. And they will play the Suns here on Wednesday. But they are just two games up from the Mavericks who are outside the plan looking in right now. So, you know, they got to win some. They can't just like coast the rest of the way. They do have to win games to stay in the plan. But at this point, I would be hunting Warriors, Clippers, Suns to get one of those four, five or six seed spots. It's right there, dude. It is all right in front of you. If you could just, you don't have to win out. But can you just, can you split these next two between Sacramento and the and the Suns and then go
1: make hay in your final handful of games it's right there cannot stress enough how many things went right for the wolves over the weekend like if you're not following the rest of the league just like you said the mavs lost twice to the hornets um the lakers lost at home to the bulls they now play the bulls again in chicago um so when you when you say that, because you're right, there's like, what, four games separate, four through 12, but now we're at a point where there's only like seven games left, so yeah. that's a pretty big number. um I can't remember exactly what your picks were when we went through the schedule last week, but I had the Warriors game as a loss. I had uh, them splitting these two games. I can't remember. I think I said loss to the Warriors,
0: and, and then they beat the Kings. Yeah,
1: so my thought was to, to – because I'm hunting the postseason, even though the smartest, less anxious human beings would be hunting a top six seed – um, getting that win last night, to me, I mean, yeah, they're two games up now on the 11th-place Mavs. But that's a pretty big number. And Luka might not play tonight in Indiana because of technical fouls. So you're getting to a point where like, I would say the Kings game tonight. I think if the Kings win on Monday, they clinch a playoff spot for the first time since, like, yeah. Theodore Roosevelt was in, was in office. So <laughs> the Wolves might not have the vibes tonight. But then you go play the Suns on on. On Wednesday, and now you have the tiebreaker over Golden State. I think you have the tiebreaker maybe over the Clippers. Um, You still get the Pelicans at home to end the season. You could get the tiebreaker there. So I don't want to just rule it off and give excuses and say, you can go lose these next two games. But I just, I really thought if you can go one and two on this road trip and then take care of business down the road. I mean, they play the Spurs, who are dead. They play the Blazers now officially without Dame, who's been shut down. So um, it's incredible. I mean, really, truly. We know this, that there's still a very soft bottom built into this whole thing that could, you know, not even made of glass. It's made of paper mache, and they could. you go lose four straight, you're in trouble. But after what we saw against Golden State, after we saw against Atlanta getting these guys back, um, that sixth seed is very, very, very much in play, and it should be the number one thing this team talks about because you could be a really tough out and get into the play-in, and as we've learned now these yes. last month in March Madness, just takes one bad night and you're out. Um if they can get into the top six, they are going to be such an issue for other teams because I don't think they'll have a lot of expectations because, as we've just talked about, everyone thinks they're underperforming when it's like they're really actually performing pretty well for what you know the weather has given their farm. That I'm was going terrible. there. You go. Wow, <laughs> bringing it back to the Amazon
0: Prime show. Amazing. <laughs> the callbacks on this show are just unprecedented. <laughs> um, I'm looking through now too because I, I, I I'm I'm hunting I'm hunting for for uh, four five and six here. That's kind of where I'm at mentally right now. So. I'm looking at Suns-Clippers-Warriors schedules because oh, you're going to yep. need those teams to come down because you don't, I don't think you play anyone above you anymore, right? Yeah, Lakers are below you. Um, yeah, Portland, Brooklyn, New Orleans right now is below you. So you don't have – well, I'm sorry, the Suns and besides the – so you, the Kings, but they're out of your reach. You have one game left against one of the three teams you're chasing, and it's Phoenix. So you can directly impact that by beating Phoenix. Beyond that, you need these teams to lose against their schedule. So, um, the Warriors, their remaining schedule is kind of mixed but leaning a little toward tougher, I think. So, desperate New Orleans team tomorrow night San Antonio at home should be a 30-point win for them. At Denver, still fighting for the 1 seed. Oklahoma City desperately trying to get into the plan. Sacramento fighting for Mm seeding on the road and then at Portland. So of the six games left for the Warriors, two are gimmies, four are against teams fighting for something. So that's interesting. And three are road games, which they're terrible on the road. The Clippers, seven games left, two at Memphis. They have a back-to-back at Memphis with a day built uh, in between. And Memphis is, it's funny, Memphis is like better without Jaws. sometimes. He came off the bench, I think. Uh, he's he's back coming off the bench, right? Am I right on that?
1: Yeah, I think he'll probably be back in the starting lineup so they'll have all their firepower again, but uh, that's but a tough, good Yeah. New Orleans,
0: uh, so they get uh, the Bulls and then Memphis, Memphis, New Orleans, Lakers, Portland, Phoenix. So again, a lot of teams fighting for playoff positioning. And then uh, the Suns, they actually have eight games left. Utah, Minnesota, Denver, Oklahoma City, San Antonio, Denver, and then both L.A. teams. So only one game, if you think Utah is still fighting, which I think they are, even though they're not very good, uh, seven out of eight games for Phoenix against teams fighting for something. So, boy, if you can hang like four wins even and just one of these teams falls, one of the three teams above you, that's your ticket.
1: That's your ticket to uh, <clears throat> missing missing the play-in in a good way. If If you have a short attention span like Phil and I do, the too long didn't read is that the wolves have the easiest remaining schedule uh, compared to I mean the clippers yes. one like you said bulls grizzlies grizzlies pelicans lakers blazers Suns. without paul george right now like that could be one in six um and the clippers for god's sakes i mean i don't Kawhi leonard left the game with like a face contusion i don't know what that means but them and the sons have really tough stretches down the road i think even the lakers who you didn't bring up who are behind the wolves i think they play their next five games are on the road Uh, So it's like, you know, there's these teams still have to play each other. The Wolves have a couple, you know, lesser teams built in there, like I said, with the Blazers or the Spurs or stuff. But, again, you should be – you have treaded water now long enough that you might have treaded longer than others, as some other teams now are losing guys to injuries. You should be fully focused that – and I'm scared to say this because we've done it for six months. But if you want to finish in the top six, you can. It it is right there for you. Um, But you can't have a Pistons – you know, let down, you can't have one of these games. even the Hawks game, man, was like a different vibe if, you know, Carl misses those free throws. Like, you could have lost to the Hawks. You could have lost to the Knicks. So, but it all looked a lot different last night. Like, last night's game was just the first time you're like, this just looks like a pack of adults. Finch coached really well. Didn't even have their, you know, sorry to the Warriors, but they didn't even have their A game, and they still won it. So, um, impressive, impressive stuff. Uh, And it's going to continue tonight against Sacramento. And then, like you said, you wrap up, I know you have another road game to kill the season, but that Suns game is really big too because the Suns have faltered too, and they're going to be adding Kevin Durant in. And like, I'm sure it'll be great in the playoffs, but the short term, like, it might be kind of clunky. Yes, and and uh, one if you can get the six seed, it's likely you're going to face
0: the Sacramento Kings in a seven game series. That would be fireworks. And, and in the three games that you have faced them already this year, you have two wins in regulation and an overtime loss. So, and then whatever happens tonight.
1: Yeah, and I haven't looked at this, but I know De'Aaron Fox was left the game over the weekend with like a hamstring thing, so they might be without him, but uh again, it we the Wolves for the better part of everything else, especially getting that win against Golden State, have survived all of the tough schedules now. Like they yeah. are things have lightened up for them a little bit. They have an easier road to the playoffs than other teams. It's meant nothing, right? This team has lost more games against bottom 5 teams than like any team in the league, but yeah. uh it, it's it's right there for them. They're healthy at the right time. Um Finch is coaching his ass off, I think. Uh, and it's, again, it'll be fun to kind of monitor this moving forward. Yeah. So
0: there is your Western conference
1: playoff picture update. I think that's a wrap on this episode of uh flagrant okay. house. Do you want to do like an hour quick on Luca Garza? He dropped 47 in the G. League. How about that 47 the, and 15. Oh, I was just, the Timberwolves have like four of the best 20 centers in the NBA. (laughs) And one of them has to just live in another city because there's no spot on the roster. It's kind of like those old Alabama football teams or whatever. that have like their fourth string running back goes in like the first round of an NFL draft. That's, I mean, Luca Garza, we're going to have to do a deep dive this summer on like, is he real or legit? But I watched that Iowa wolves game and he is, I mean, he is a combination of like Shaq and Hakeem and all these guys just crushing G league guys. So, um, shout out to Luca Garza, who is just, again, the fourth best center on it, it, the Timberwolves and can't even put on a jersey. He has to wear street clothes. Is in he Air on the Mount, the,
0: the Mount Rushmore of greatest G League players of all time?
1: Oh, that would be fun. I'm going to write that. We're going to do that in, like, May. You do the like, re, do the research <laughs> on
0: that. Greatest G League performers of all time. He's Let's uh make it happen.
1: Imp- impressive stuff. But, I mean, yeah. He, I mean, if Carl doesn't play tonight, maybe Luca Garza gets some run. But, uh, man, this team... If nothing else, of all the frustration, their depth has just carried them again. To like, hey, Kyle Anderson, we can't start you anymore, but you might be our best player tonight. Yeah. And good stuff. Dude. The vibes are back, baby. The season is not canceled. It's a blast to watch. Uh, so, yeah, we'll we'll hit you with another
0: episode sometime later on this week. Probably after the next two games. We'll hit yeah. you, like, maybe Thursday after, uh, after the Wolves continue this winning streak with Karl-Anthony Towns back. Or not. Or we'll just be melting down on Thursday because... <laughs> Everything turned. So, all right. Uh, your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. Please click subscribe and the like button on the Score North YouTube channel. And if you give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts, help spread the word about this community. We'll see you guys.